Hello, everyone, and welcome to OT Ladies. This is Sarah. Hello, everyone. This is Dena again. And we have an exciting topic today, adulting with autism. And I would like to introduce our guest speaker for tonight. We're with Bill Wong, an occupational therapist and um, TED Talk speaker. And um, if you haven't had a chance to watch his TED Talks, um, it's definitely worth a watch. He finished his graduate school with occupational therapy and also finished um, his OTD program. And he did not find out about his diagnosis until age 25. Here we are with Bill. Hi, Bill. Hi. Okay. Hi, hi guys. Hi. Hi. How are you tonight? I'm good. This is finished work. So I'm in my car. So bear with me with a small stop. I'm an expert. Just so you know, I'm not an early bird. So like, usually I start very late at work. So that's how it happens. Mm-hmm. And then like my car is like, there is no way that... I can drive my car and hear everything. So it's like the only that's the only way that can work right now. Oh no worries. <laughs> You're here with us, so that's important. <laughs> <laughs> so briefly tell us about yourself. I know Dena gave a little introduction, but any important things we missed? As Dena mentioned, uh, my name is Bill Wong. So I've been an occupational therapist for eight years. And my home state is California. I live in the East Los Angeles area. Let's see, my primary setting right now is in skilled facility setting. My secondary setting is in academia. So I teach both OTA and MSOT students at Stanford University. So now in terms of academia, uh, and then another thing I do, so as that, I'm gonna make some little self-correction here. So it's like, it's TEDx speaker, not TED speaker, because that's very Mm. here. So the reason why I said that is because TED is the big stage, and then the TEDx stuff is more independently run events. Mm-hmm. So oh, interesting. Okay. Bigger. So this is the editorial I got to provide here. Yeah, and then I just finished my first term as a California mm-hmm. number two rep for the representative assembly of AOTA. Oh, so, congratulations. Uh, my specialty in terms of OT is, I think you guys touched on it a little bit already, autism is one of my specialty. But for me, my specialty is more of the lived experience piece because that, that's what I live with. So I've been mm-hmm. doing a lot of analysis about that. I think that's something that I'm very interested in that. And mm-hmm. then uh, social media, that's my specialty because a lot of followers on Twitter, LinkedIn. So mm-hmm. that is price. And then, of course, TEDx, that is something that also, I guess, like, because of the TEDx talk. And then, of course, I guess that's also one thing that was not mentioned was that I mm-hmm. also it, a.k.a. I did, I organized a TEDx event last year called TEDx mm-hmm. Park. Mm-hmm. So, based on the talk that you guys saw by Sean Phipps last year, mm-hmm. yeah, because I was the brainchild behind the whole operation. Oh, so, that's um, exciting. Yeah, so basically that was like, yeah, I know. That was also the first venture, I would say, for OT in terms of the text curating space because mm-hmm. I think there was anybody in OT who has ever curated a TEDx event before. So mm-hmm. therefore, last year I changed that, that's for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah, that was a lot of hard work. <laughs> <laughs> Very big achievements. 
Yeah, so yeah, now it's like I'm still involved in Ted World, but it's different in a different way. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah, so I guess I'm gonna continue because so last fall Ted has launched an, an initiative called Ted Circles, which yeah. is I would say in terms of uh, simple definition is like a community-based media club. Mm-hmm. So okay. basically, like you watch a TED, a TEDx talk together as a group where there's a local community and then now because of the pandemic so it's like a lot more global or like more variety in terms of mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. so therefore it's like now it's like over on zoom or google meet or even their own circles platform so i've been been doing that i've been pretty active in that for the last four months or so nice mm-hmm. why i've been doing that is actually it's like i've been doing a lot of homework to see what is that utility, the utility of the test circle format, how it can be used for the purpose of... Interesting. That's so, very interesting. So, yeah, I was just trying to continue because I know there's something more I can say. So, actually, it's like, I talked to my university president at Stanford mm-hmm. about yeah. this concept last week. And he was very interested in terms of having me being the faculty sort of like the mentor or sort of like support to the initiative because like I have been doing a lot of these test circles myself mm-hmm. so I want to teach students how to run this format because ultimately I don't want the test circles initiative to be like class so yeah. I want students centered so therefore it's like we're in the works of finalizing dates and details and stuff mm-hmm. so that students can run their own test circles and it's not just an OTA OTA thing. It's gonna be the whole, I guess, like university wide. So it's like because oh. are like trade schools, so to speak. So there are like different types of health professional students who actually go to the school. So yeah. the mm-hmm. primary objective was, of course, is to promote diversity and inclusion. That was the primary yeah. objective. But then the secondary objective is like, hey, you know what? That can be an informal way to sort of get students exposed to multidisciplinary collaboration and conversations. Okay, very great. Okay, well, very exciting, and feel free to chime in about anything else at a later point, Bill. So, when we were kind of talking about what should we discuss today, like a current issue, we thought about uh, how, as occupational therapists, we can support the transition of autistic individuals into adulthood. So, like with more cases of, of autism, now there's greater need for the assistance, especially now with the transition, as people are aging out of the school system. So just to kind of start our podcast with a study, there is a review of a qualitative studies for youth and young adults with autistic spectrum disorder, transition of autistic individuals to adulthood, a review of qualitative studies by Anderson and a couple others in 2018 that was published in the pediatric journal. So the perspectives of these individuals were analyzed to determine obstacles as well as positive aspects that led to optimal outcomes. So when they looked at over 17 research studies, including 121 autistic individuals, 192 professionals, and 186 parents and caregivers, they found... Positive outcomes um, were actually having the clear communication styles for management, um, 
and also co-workers um, assisting with teaching social rules and allowing um, individuals or letting individuals to work by themselves or solo rather than being in a group. So those are some of the good factors that help with um, having positive outcomes. Well, they found that parents uh, reported they had difficulty letting go of like other things like IEDLs, uh, making appointments, having less involvement, that college itself kind of pushed uh, parents out of the picture uh, instead of having them very involved like they were with IEPs and whatnot. And they also uh, reported that they felt like their children were steered towards lower paid jobs due to the repetitive nature rather than what maybe they would be good at um, in their in, in, in working with their own children. So the individuals themselves uh, reported the change of health care provider was very stressful at the age of 18, that they had this pediatric physician that was following them, and then all of a sudden now there's a new person that doesn't know them, doesn't know their case. That was very stressful and a barrier. And lastly, mm-hmm. health care providers themselves felt hindered in how they could assist with the transition because they felt limited by like reimbursement and billing and, and kind of staying in the lane of what they were allowed to do in the capacity of their job setting rather than maybe what they truly could help the person with. Great. So, Bill, the first question that we have for you, we want you to tell us about how is the, your experience uh, during transition um, to adulthood or from uh, your undergrad to the grad school, from grad school to, the o- to your OTD program. So have you seen um, any of these mentioned barriers and facilitators um, through any qualitative review or studies? So yeah, definitely. You know, we got to teach about self-efficacy skills as soon as possible. I think that was why I think I heard, I don't know if I'm correct about this, but I think it's like some people, I mean, some school district or some school, yeah, I think they want the autistic adults to be involved in the transition plan as young as 14. I mean, 14 and younger, of course, 14 is not like the age of the third, but if the autistic student can be involved at an earlier age, the better. Mm-hmm. So th- that way, I think that, you know, there's a phrase that's called like tele- helicopter parenting or like tiger parenting, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that is like, definitely, I think it's like, it's a societal thing sometimes. It's like, mm-hmm. for these kind of kids, you know, they want to go to college, right? Or they go to workplace. It's like, I bet though, that's definitely some stigma in terms of like, hey, having a parent to follow the autistic student to the disability services office or having the parent following the autistic kids to go to the workplace. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I know myself very well, mm-hmm. you know, like, of course my parents know me pretty well, but it's like at the same time, it's like, hey, you know, it's like, I got to develop these skills for myself, you know? It's like, my parents are not going to be around me forever. So exactly, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that at some point is like, they really got, I think it's like the responsibility of self-efficacy definitely is important. And I think it's like one of the books I think I've read is by Stephen Shore et al. I think it's an older book. I think mm-hmm. there's not the complete title, but I think it's what it's like As and Tell or something like that. There was mm. like a few different chapters about different aspects of self-advocacy for autistic individuals. So I've read that book as part of my OGD. But anyway, like, yeah, I think it's like definitely for me to transition from high school book to college, definitely there was some gaps there. I think it's like high school definitely was very 
structured and then also onto the underground environment it was not very structured and then of course like the dorm and off campus eventually so that was definitely the routines I've changed there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fact that I studied in major uh, before OT I was in stats so mm-hmm. the oh. fact my parents really couldn't help me in that regard because like I really wish that I've been told like oh by the way uh, use like math and stuff but then by the way it's like I wish I got some mentor or mm. like some all my teachers would have told me it's like Hey, you know, it's like you go to arithmetic, it's great, you know, but if you go into these kind of like stats or math, it's like if you go further on, there's going to be a lot of theory based on like I don't know if you like it or not. Hmm. You know, interesting. No to me, I think that was like, yeah, I finished the TV, but I was like, uh, uh dang it, it's like. I, I think that was why it's like I spent a year and a half being an employee because like uh, yeah that was because like had I got more guidance about picking my undergrad major I think that would have ended differently yeah then, like the transition to from undergrad to grad school mm-hmm. I spent about a year and a half being an employee mm-hmm. I think that was like I think that was something that I wish I got talked to about, like, hey, you know? So that's you know, actually that's- leads to the next question. So perfect, because we were going to talk about employment and how that's a challenge for autistic individuals. Um, but there's some companies that recognize this population. And there was this um, article by Lisa Rudy, top mm-hmm. 10 autistic-friendly employers. And several companies were mentioned of. Uh, for their focusing on hiring of these individuals with certain traits and focusing mm-hmm. on repetitive work, deal-oriented, focused routine, and that they're very dependable. So some of the uh, companies that were listed were Microsoft, uh, Ford, Walgreens, and others. In uh, so in terms of um, employment and and jobs, how Bill, how can an employer in different settings, whether it's like rehab, inpatient hospital, like OT related, or just another kind of work setting, how can they be supportive for individuals on the spectrum? I will even include the volunteer work that I do for AOT as well, because that also, I guess, is important as well that I've seen. So, okay. So I think being in academia, I think it's like my institution at Stanford that has done a really good job in this. I think I was being very, being very open. It's like, hey, you know what? I have done some guest lectures in the past, but at the same time, it's like, you know what? I never really had kind of classroom management experience, you know? And then I was also being very open to the person who interviewed me for the academia job. I said, hey, you know, this is my first time I've been in academia. And mm-hmm. I know from my past experiences that taking on me very slowly, you know? I mean, like, they probably is like, oh, look at my resume. It's like, how come I only want to be an adjunct? But I was like, you know what? I want to see if I like it first, you know? I want mm-hmm. to get myself, like, I need a little bit more time to learn what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So, right. I, so mm-hmm. I co-taught with the program director. So therefore, it's like, hey, I got direct feedback right away about, like, mm-hmm. how I'm doing. Okay. Of course, accordingly, she also grades my challenges very well in terms of like, hey, you know what? At first, she noticed that, hey, like, the reality was dawning upon me that, hey, I have a classroom, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So, therefore, yeah. it's like, yeah, the co-teaching, I think that was very helpful as well. Okay. So, therefore, it's like, to help me get the confidence that, hey, I so, sort of get me up to speed on what I'm supposed to do in the mm-hmm. classroom. So, that was very helpful. And then, like, the second... So I think the first 
time I had a class, I was like, oh, Bill, it was like, you've done very well for the first time. I think it's、yeah. like, the only thing she taught me was like, hey, you know what? Take more charge of the class, you know? And、mm-hmm. I thought I was going to her, I was like, uh, you know, this is my first time, no. Or it's like, <laughs> class. So it's like mm-hmm. okay, you want me to pay charge more? I will do that for my next time. So it's like, then next time I did that, and I think now I'm transitioning to the, I mean, it's the same institution, but a different program.、Right. Mm-hmm. So、That's、I、cute. think now it's like, now, so like last year, that was a building block per se for me this year in the classroom. Of course, now for online teaching, that was like definitely a different element as well. Than and then another thing I want to chime in was about like the, Because, from someone like me, it's like definitely, although I work on my social skills, social communication skills very hard.、Mm-hmm. And then, of course, me being on social media a lot, definitely, definitely can be very prone to social blunders. So,、yeah. the fact that they happen sometimes, sometimes I need an email or talk to you, like, hey, Bill, what you did is not appropriate. Sure. Okay. Sure. The last thing that I want to add is like presumed competence. I think that is like, I think that's also very important too.、Mm-hmm. Because I guess it's like you don't want stigma from the、sure. first day you do the job. I think, yeah, that's another thing that I thought about. I would like to mention about this um, uh, legislature that they actually approved it by the Senate in 2019, which is called Autism Care Act of 2019. This bill actually expanded education, housing, and access to healthcare to individuals with autism who, or autistic individuals who、um, age out. They mentioned that,、um, in, um, actually, Representative Smith cited in the research that about 70,000 to over 100,000 individuals age out every year alone. And now, under this bill, About 1.8 billion over five years. Actually, they help with, the in,、uh, with additional funding for this population, with additional research. So, that was very interesting to know about this,、uh, this legislature.、Mm-hmm. And then, under IDEA, so Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, previously, students with autism could receive. Co- Comprehensive transition services, and the schools themselves would be like directly responsible for providing the support to meet the goals after high school and the transition. Now, it mentioned that IDEA services are typically no longer available after a student ages out or receives a high school diploma. But I'm not a school based、uh, occupational therapist,、yeah. either is Dena or you, Bill. You're in skilled nursing, correct? So,、uh, do you know about、um, IDEA at now with this autism? Care yeah, Act in or, 2019, or maybe、so、you know some I, individuals. Yeah. So I guess I'm going to comment on this. So I know about it. I guess it's like I just studied for the board, so I saw、yeah. about it a little bit. Yeah. I think、yeah. also, like, for I think I took a school based elective because I was thinking about transitioning to school based level two. So that was like sort of makes sense. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Although, although with the CARES Act, I think I heard a lot of people in the other community, they were not very approved of this. Interesting. They were, not, they were not, actually, yeah, I read quite a bit of tweets that people were not approved of that. I see, okay. okay. And、um, also, Bill, my next question for you is that、um, according to your experience currently, who,、um, you're working in a skilled nursing facility, right? Um, I, I mean,、um, do you want to tell us how,、um, 
how you help with people or any individuals uh, with autism to tran transit or how do you help with their transition to adulthood or um, if you want to tell us about your experience working with um, school-based children uh, with autism, um, how you help them, especially the teenagers, to actually go through their transition. I would actually go with a third alternative. Okay. okay. My third alternative is that, actually, I don't know, have you guys heard of Totad? Like, have you heard of that? No. How do you spell that? So it's C-O-T-A-D. -T -A -D. So it's okay. a coalition, I think, is regarding this diversity for our profession. Mm -hmm. So okay. yeah, C-O-T-A-D, yeah, so you have that kind of program. So it's pretty much for people, for practitioners and students from diverse backgrounds. So it's not just with uh, practitioners who are autistic, but it's also like people from different ethnic backgrounds, racial backgrounds. And then oh. sexual orientation, disabilities, that kind of stuff. So oh, wow. like they, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm talking. Of, I'm bringing that because they actually have a minority mentorship program. So which like mentor the mentors are paired up with mentees on a mm -hmm. either one to one or one to two basis. So I'm a mentor right now, and one of my mentees is autistic. And mm -hmm. right now that she is also mm -hmm. a pretty new grad herself. So I've been sort of like mentoring her in terms of her first year in practice. And then of course, like also when her goals about like, hey, uh, I want to be a leader in OT someday. I want mm -hmm. to be a researcher in OT someday. So mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, like that's something that I've been doing. Mm -hmm. And this is like, this kind of program is like a 12 month formal leadership. I mean, it's not leadership, mentorship program, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I nice. think that is the kind of program that so basically my experience right now is to help with that perspective mm -hmm. because I actually is like when I transitioned out from my OTD to the workforce, mm -hmm. that was something that I really considered about because like at that time it's like my clinical skills was pretty raw, were, they were pretty raw and then I had interest about research but I didn't know how to go about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what are some of those really helpful things for her? It sounds like mentoring her is a big thing. Is there anything that she's mentioned that's been very helpful, like in you guiding her through the process of the transition? Mm -hmm. Well, right now, uh, actually, it's just two months in. So actually, it's like our formal meeting was last month. Uh -huh. And then uh, we did some uh, service learning opportunities. I think it's like, and then we also incorporate activity. It's like, if you have a deficit in something, you got to really work on it. Mm -hmm. So aside from the service learning, is like my monthly homework to you is I want you to join at least one or two of these tech circles to work on your assertiveness and social confidence. If the reason the rationale was because of the transition. So it's like, hey, I have her for 12 months. I want her to be a better leader in OT. So therefore, it's like, hey, in OT, in leadership, you got to work with different kind of characters. It's like, I don't know if you read a classic article by Julie McGoffin Gray about occupation as means and occupation as ends. No. So I sort of use that. This is a community-based occupation. I want to use it as a means to work on your... In your experience, what are some of the greatest concerns with autistic um, individuals making the transition to adulthood? Mm, I think one of them, I think, is that being independent in 
terms of efficacy. So we talked about some efficacy earlier in the podcast. Mm-hmm. So that's one of them. Thing is like because that includes like okay, you know what kind of combination that has worked for you, and what kind of combination may not work for you and stuff. So that is one. And I think the social mm-hmm. communication skills. I think that is one of them. I know personally, I have worked very hard on this as well. I think it's like my mentee got to see that how I worked really hard on this for ten years in terms of like my assertiveness skills, my mm-hmm. social communication skills, my leadership skills, and then of course my group interaction skills. Because group interaction skills, that is also another area of struggles for these kind of individuals. And of course, you transition to post-secondary education, right? So it's like group work can be pretty common, you know, especially like OT, you know, OT mm-hmm. group work is very common. So therefore, it's like or like group discussions. It was very common. Okay, uh, Bill, what about the personal life? What what skills do you think um, it's important to also uh, kind of work on? I guess it's like from what I observe. Versus me, in a sense, I think it's like uh. So for me, it's like I've been very self-sufficient in terms of my support system and stuff. So I yeah. started like a Walmart, a support system, and then like people from different settings or like people from different background. Because I sort of think very ahead in terms of like, hey, you know what? I need somebody in peace, even though I don't work work in peace right mm-hmm. now. But mm-hmm. I think about my transitions like, hey, I want to be in academia someday, mm-hmm. and I. Re- Uh, hey, when I was in OT school, I need to have as diverse of uh, connections as possible because, like, hey, I need to transition myself into that role, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing that I thought about. And then when I saw other autistic OT students or practitioners I've seen, it's like, I think the first person they approached was me, and then I asked them, "Is like, what kind of resources or support system that you have?" Yeah. Great. So I think you you listed a lot of specifics, but maybe to kind of sum it up, you know, how can OTs in general help autistic individuals during the transition to adulthood? You know, give us three things that really could that we could do to help, and maybe helped you. Say, for example, right? Let's say you have a kid who's like, "Oh, I want to be in the video games industry." You know, so who knows? So like, maybe like help the person to. Yeah, it's like kind of like online dating, so to speak, right now. Mm-hmm. Because like these kind of people, they may be very well versed in social media and stuff, but they may not be as well versed. Like, okay, how do I approach somebody that I don't know that might be able to help me? You know, okay. so so hey, I find this cool person in uh, for example, the video game industry. You know, and then it's like, hey, I I want to approach this person maybe to see if that person can help me through the ropes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like I can you can ask the the autistic individual to say hey like this is what I'm gonna ask the how I'm gonna approach the person this person this mentor perhaps mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay yeah so I sort of use the online dating angle mm-hmm. oh yeah. Like, Okay, so basically, you make a goal with them. You have them kind of write it out, and then you go over their plan to kind of help perfect it, so they can meet that goal. So is that mm-hmm. kind of what you mean by that? Before you send the email out, so okay, email. proof it. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's what I think. Of course, when none of us, like for example, the like video games, you know, I was like, dude, that's like maybe that person is into video games, but so like who knows? Maybe like. That person knows the industry better than yeah. you do, so it's like, hey, you know what? 
I think another thing that we sort of touch on is like, hey, being client centered, sort of, sort mm-hmm. of like, hey, maybe it's like this is not a good person and stuff. But like, hey, you know what? Just empower them to do stuff. So that okay. empowerment. Empowerment. Okay. Yeah, Great. Very helpful um, information. So. I believe that our topic, um, adulting with um, individuals with autism, it's a very less kind of spoken type of a topic. And mm-hmm. um, however, we found um, an article that was issued um, later this year in um, kind of um, in actually this year to 2020. And this article is called Growing Old with Autism by Rachel Neuer. Discusses about a story of an individual who's 60 and it's going through kind of his aging process. And I think we've had a lot of focus on autism with pediatrics, but we're starting to discuss it more for adults and older adults. So maybe in the future, if any of our listeners are interested, we could talk about an older adults uh, autistic focused uh, topic. Well, thank you so much, Bill. Thanks for being in our podcast to talk uh, about this topic. Yeah, thank you so um, much. Actually, I'm working with an Australian researcher. So she's also an OT as well, and she has some PhD students. So actually, mm-hmm. I'm collaborating with her right now and doing some spoken review with autistic middle adulthood, older adulthood. We are in the beginning stage of that. Very exciting. Well, uh, sort of put that to a stop right now but yeah that's something that we have been working on so I mm-hmm. think comes mm-hmm. concern so you might want to reach out to Caroline Mills so she is from Australia so you gotta do the time zone calculation <laughs> okay I like this quote from Dr. O um, Lar, um about uh, autism it says, um, if they can't learn the way we teach, we teach the way they learn. All right. Bye, y'all. Later. Bye. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Dana. I appreciate all of our listeners tuning to OT Ladies Podcast. If you enjoy, like us. Leave us a comment and connect with us via our Gmail address, otladies at gmail.com. <laughs>